0: Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got your sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. Welcome back, Renee. It's such an honor to actually have you come back and share your medicine with us again.
1: Thank you, Sally. I'm excited to be back too, and I'm just happy to see your face on here and have a bit of a conversation. It's been a little while since we've had a chat, so always a pleasure.
0: Oh, it has been. It's something that just lights me up, which you can't really tell when you're just listening through an app, but seeing your face is part of the joy of this. So yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. So Last time we chatted, you were, I think it was the beginning of summer and how that impacts our bodies. And so now we're in autumn.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. So over the last sort of three months of summer and late summer, I journeyed with a group of people and also individually, and we sort of went through a lot of the medicine that the particular seasons bring to us and how we can apply that to ourselves, our lives, our mental health, our emotional well-being, all of those sorts of things and as well as obviously physical and how to apply that medicine from the philosophies of traditional Chinese medicine and to make it a more user-friendly and embodied practice. So that was quite the journey. And now we're definitely into autumn, which brings with it a whole different energy. So I'm excited to share some of that.
0: Well, let's jump straight into it then. Like, what do we expect from autumn?
1: So it's quite a contrast, actually. So when we look at summer and late summer, we're definitely in the energy of yang. Something with yin and yang is you always have one aspect within the other. So the contrast here is from summer, Where it was termed as full yang, that brings with it a lot of active energy and we tend to be more social beings. The beautiful thing about autumn is it's kind of the transition between summer and winter. So we're in a really pivotal point where we make that journey into the yin and go sort of more deep within ourselves and have inner reflection. We tend to pull back a little bit socially and things like that. So I would say that that's definitely something to encourage and to really listen to what your body is feeling that you need. I mean, we can even start to see that transition even in the air, you can start to feel a little bit of that nip in the air, a little bit more of that cold. That's also part of yin. But also the morning is a little bit more dark. We tend to find it harder to get up and be active in the morning. So I know that I definitely feel that. And maybe that's yep. just calling for my yin and, you know, a time that my body obviously needs to be nourished. But one word of advice that I would give there is to definitely go with that process. So basically what we're seeing there is a reflection of what is happening outside in nature that's also encouraging that shift and that change within us as well.
0: Mm, So in that case, get ready to shed some stuff
1: absolutely that's that hit the nail on the head that's literally what this whole process is about through autumn is is letting go if we have a look outside at nature like at the moment we're going to start to see the leaves beginning to change on the trees and that sort of thing and then as we sort of get into the thick of it the thick of the energy of autumn that's when we're going to start to see those leaves falling from the tree and and to me you know that's just a beautiful reminder that nature's saying to us let go through Through summer and late summer, it's all about the growth and the abundance and what we can cultivate and accumulate. We take what we need with that and then we let go of the rest. And we let go of the rest so that we can make way for the new.
0: Yeah, perfect. Obviously, I've got the visual in my head, but what does that actually truly mean for us?
1: Okay. So in traditional Chinese medicine, we can see the correlation between the seasons, what that medicine brings, what it's invoking or encouraging within us, and then how that has an impact on our physical bodies. So as I mentioned before, it definitely has an impact on us physically, mentally, emotionally, but how it usually speaks to us or speaks within our body is in the meridian system inside our bodies. And I mentioned a little bit about this in the last podcast, but, you know, meridians are these energy channels and it's kind of the interface between the metaphysical and the physical. So- what is kind of happening outside in nature and when we call that within us, we're, we're actually getting that movement and that transition deep within the meridians. And during the season of autumn, we pay particular awareness to two organs and meridians, which are the lung or the lungs and large intestine meridians. So they are the two that work together harmoniously. So again, bringing in the aspects of yin and yang. So the lung meridian being the yin and the large intestine meridian being the yang. And those two work together to bring in a process of, if we think about the lungs, what do we do? We breathe in. And as we breathe in, we're bringing energy in. And think about the large intestine, what's happening there. When we release, we're letting that energy out. So it's this beautiful dance of what's incoming and what's outgoing. So what you know, what are we bringing in and what do we need to let go of, if that makes sense? So yeah, it's it's definitely a connection between those meridians, so the energetic channels, but also having a strong influence on the physical organs as well.
0: So what are some things we can be doing to nourish ourselves during this time?
1: I guess being aware of the fact that that is what's actually happening around us. And in any way that we can, bringing in mindfulness practices into our own life, we can take ourselves through mindfulness practices of breath work working with our intention, with our breathing, a Qigong practice that's really working with the breath to bringing that new energy in and also even bringing mindfulness practices to even a bowel movement. I mean, it can come down to every little thing that we do. (laughs) The more mindful that we are, the more that we're connecting with that energy, the more we're plugging in with that energy and we're actually letting that energy move and flow. So quite literally, if there's something that we're really needing to let go of and we're finding it really quite difficult, sometimes people can actually have constipation, you know, that everything will shut off because the body just wants to go, (gasps) no, can't let go of that or it goes into a state of stress or it goes into a state of shock. And so we hold that energy. So, you know, if you're finding that during this time that that you are experiencing things like that, it could be something as simple before, you know, hands on on your belly, hands on your abdomen, breathing and saying, we're actually going to go and let this shit go. So, you know, bringing mindfulness practices in that way can be quite helpful as well but there's many other things we can do. We can work with diet. We can work with color and vibration. We can work with sound. We can work with particular movements. So there's all sorts of ways that we can plug into this energy and this medicine that's around us to actually embody the medicine. So as an acupuncturist, I would usually work with people and potentially if I could see that they were struggling in this particular season, I would choose points and meridians that would help that process along. So that's one form of medicine, but each and every one of us has that potential and that ability to plug into that medicine in all sorts of different ways, shapes, and forms. So really the power is in your hands as well. It is available for everybody, not just a practitioner or a healer.
0: So true. And I find cacao incredible for that. Like if I'm really feeling tight within my body and holding on to stuff, I go and have cacao, which again is incredibly relaxing for me, but I meditate. I sometimes do some breath work and sit at my altar. And before you know it, I'm off to the loo. Yep.
1: That's right. And you know, because cacao is just that beautiful medicine that can really open up a heart space and really allow you to connect with your emotions, to be more present with them, to flow with them. And then you will recognize, oh, there's some stuff there that I feel like I need to let go. And therefore the body works with you and says, right, let's go do it. Let's go get rid of it.
0: It does. And it's not always to the toilet. I think a few weeks ago I was wailing almost like a a war-torn widow. That's about the only way I can describe it, watching a documentary from years ago. And I think I wailed for 20 minutes and it was generational stuff that was coming up, like deep ancestral stuff. I'm thinking, why am I even crying? But I felt the pain and there was just so much to be released from my body. It's just incredible when you actually tap into your body what you can discover that needs to be released. And it's, it's the best feeling afterwards.
1: And that right there is true healing and true medicine, the one that you can connect to on that conscious level, that you can feel it, that you can be present with it, that you can learn how to actually go inside and have that deep listening for yourself and then turn that around and then know what to do with it. That is true healing, true empowerment, true medicine right there.
0: Something I've noticed just in the last week or two, typically with autumn, I have been shallow breathing. And I'm thinking, why is this happening? Like, oh, why am I even noticing it? And so I'll try and take a few deep breaths, but then I'm back to shallow breathing again.
1: Yep. Makes perfect sense. I've actually been experiencing quite a similar thing, to be honest. So, what a beautiful thing body awareness is. So, I guess, you know, even without you knowing that autumn is associated with the lungs and all that sort of stuff, your body is already telling you. So that to me could be an indication that there's obviously some energy sitting on the lungs that may need to shift, that you might need to release, that you might need to let go. And I know you were mentioning before about that process that you went through and you had that really big sob. And that's, that's a beautiful medicine for the lungs. That's what it's designed to do. That is us actually expressing our usually grief or sadness. So grief and sadness or loss, things like that, they are usually the emotions that are associated during this time. So this is the time where the lungs will say, hey, I've got this energy sitting there that's really impeding. And how can we work through this and how can we shift through this?
0: It's interesting you said that about the lungs and something maybe held on the lungs because I was having dinner the other night. All my kids were around and I had this chest pain. I think it's a heart pain. I'm going, it's okay though. I'm not having a heart attack. I know I'm not having a heart attack because Molly's studying to be a nurse and she got worried, telling me what all the symptoms were that she's learning and um, going, no, it's fine. Got no pain down the arm. She actually informed me that that's a male symptom and that women don't often get that. So I have learned something from her, but yeah, I had all this chest pain as well. So now it's all starting to make so much more sense. Mm -hmm. I love how this stuff works.
1: Yeah, me too. It's quite phenomenal, actually. Like when I started learning about it in Dev, you're able to piece things together really well. And you get so many aha moments, even just for yourself you sort of go, wow, that connects to that. And this, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, when something makes a lot of sense, it's really easy to connect back into and to just learn and to trust your body.
0: Yeah. And I've been avoiding breath work.
1: Fascinating. Ah, Avoiding breath work. So, yeah, I, I would definitely be doing some self-inquiry into that. So even things that you could do by just, sitting playing some music and even just writing out your feelings first just you know working through the layers to kind of get as deep in as you can get even hands on the hands on the chest hands on the heart and imagine connecting into the lungs and just asking your lungs if there's anything you want to release let's do it
0: so you know, true it's
1: encouraging that process and it's funny because you know we can go either way with it we can tend to have that knee-jerk reaction to go <gasps> and shut it off or, you know, we can have the courage to kind of go, I see you. I know you're there. How can I help you? How can I work with you? What do you need from me? So really going in and asking those questions I, I have found is extremely helpful.
0: Oh, isn't it? I'm a bit of both, to be honest. Like I tend to avoid stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the, you know, the fight, flight, freeze response thing, I'm a runner for sure, or I freeze, but usually I'll run and get the fuck out of there.
1: (laughs) But even with that though, Sally, that's also something that can teach you something about possibly your lungs and your breathing and how you cope with things. So when we're in that shallow breathing, we tend to be in that flight, fight response, always on hyper alert, always waiting for something right? And when we actually take ourselves to those deeper breath work processes, like abdominal breathing, it helps actually shift the nervous system from that flight fight into rest and digest. So it actually helps to flick that switch to actually go in and, and calm that energy down. So I think even the fact that you're aware that you can tend to avoid and be in that run flight fight response, that in itself is saying that's what's running the show there. So, you know, you can go in and you can encourage that. And even in your mind, imagine flicking that switch and saying, okay, nervous system, we're now going into rest and digest. I'm now getting a full breath and I'm now allowing that breath to actually enter into my body and enter into my being, because after all, what's, what's the breath? Our breath is life.
0: Mm, So much
1: invitation of life. If we're not breathing, we're not living, you know, so I see it a lot in clinic as well. People on the table, their breathing is just really shallow and they're only breathing that way just because it's an, it's an automatic thing. But I, take, I ask them to take their awareness to their breathing and it almost makes them uncomfortable and as though they don't even know what they're doing or how to do it. So it just goes to show, you know, the more we bring awareness to something, awareness and intention, that right there is that pivotal moment where we can begin to create a change and begin to create a shift within ourselves.
0: So much. I was actually reading about that in the Gene Keys the other day. For the life of me, I can't think of the chapter, but it is definitely one of mine. I think it tends to be a Gemini habit as well. And it was one of the things that I read is that from a very young age, we almost get taught to shallow breathe from our external experiences, and we forget how to even breathe.
1: Absolutely, and so
0: it's coming back almost as an adult, unless we teach our kids to actually learn how to breathe properly. And that's why I love breath work. I've I've had a love hate relationship with it for a couple of years.
1: I must say, I I
0: me too. <laughs> but when I actually do it, I love it. I love the breath hold. I yep. love what the feeling. I love the the effect that it has on my body, which is just euphoric almost and just so relaxed. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. And so why would I avoid that? And it's funny because I transmute a lot through my writing, as you're probably fully aware of. I journal and mm-hmm. I haven't even been journaling. You know, I sit down to journal and then I'll get myself distracted. So I'm definitely avoiding what's going on in there. I'm fully aware of that. It's just a sounds matter like of,
1: you've got an invitation there.
0: Yeah, getting out of my own fucking yeah, way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, there's always a time and a place. So you know, if you feel ready and you are aware that it's there, that's okay. That's your choice. But you know, the invitation is there, and I guess that's what the seasons bring with it. You know, the earth presents to us all the time, and you know, it presents to us in the way through the elements, the way that the elements are changing and moving and shifting. And so it's interesting that with autumn and in association with the lung well traditionally it is taught in chinese medicine that it's about the element of metal but i definitely give credit to air in this aspect so working with both and they do i can see how they work sort of hand in hand together One of the functions of the lungs is also about setting boundaries. And this is about this time too. So setting boundaries. And how do we set boundaries with our lungs? Well, from a physical perspective, as we go into that transitional change within the weather, you know, people can tend to get a little bit sick in that transition. Like I hear a lot of people go, whenever there's a change of season, I get sick. So that's a huge indication there because the lungs is all about what we're letting in and what we're not letting in. So this is where the metal aspect comes in because you know it's very structured, it's very defined. So what are you going to let in and what are you not going to let in? So we look at the core of the earth and the metal aspects within the earth. That's basically what this is also bringing up within us. So we can have a look at it from that perspective, from a physical level and say okay, our lungs can relate to what we would call wei qi, which in western medicine translation is kind of the same as the immune system. So is somebody's immune system compromised through those seasonal transitions that would alert somebody to look at their boundaries. So we would look at things to protect the outside world from the inside world. So meaning foreign invaders, germs, bugs, bacteria, viruses that we breathe in. So we breathe in through our nose. We also breathe in through our mouth and the lung meridian And the lungs attribute to to the nose. So that's the first line of defence, as well as our skin. Our skin is also our first line of defence for our immunity. So that's another correlation to the lungs. So it's all about what's that definition? What are we letting in and what are we not letting in? So obviously from a physical perspective, we'd look at things to strengthen that. So we'd be wanting, you know, warm, nourishing soups. We'd also want to bring in white foods because white is associated with the lungs Uh, A huge one and a beautiful one is pears. If we look at the inside of a pear being white, if we stew our pears and eat that for breakfast in the morning, it's a beautiful lung tonic. And it's one to nourish lung yin. So nourish the linings. You see, the lungs don't like to be dry, but they also don't like to be damp. So if you look at that from a cough perspective, you know, those really dry, irritating coughs That's one side and one aspect, or we look at, you know, the other side of a cough aspect, which is that really phlegmy, chunky cough. So we don't want either of those. We want it somewhere in the middle. So most people, and I've definitely noticed this, that at this point in time I've got a really dry nose. So that to me says I need to nourish my lung yin. So I'd have some stewed pears. And the same as if you know people in this transition, if their cough is phlegmy and things like that, you'd get them to avoid yin or damped foods. So, you know, dairy and things like that, that can be mucus producing. So it's all about the tonics that you bring in. So nice warm soups, bone broths, lots of white veggies, the pears, as I said. So you're bringing that medicine in, but also going back to the metal um, and that definition between boundaries of what we're letting in and what we're not. One of the weaknesses that the lung can have is and how the air element comes in. Have you noticed that there's been more wind? The air seems to be a bit more active. So at this time, naturally, that wind wants to pick up. That wind says, yes, I'm ready. We're bringing back like the winds of change. We're bringing that through. But also the wind can be a pathogen to us. As much as it's our friend and our ally, too much of something is always not good. So one little tip there would be to always make sure the back of your neck is covered. We have in acupuncture at the back of the neck around the C7 area, we have what's called the wind gate. So, you know, is your gate open or is it closed? So you don't want too much wind coming in. If you know that it's a cool day outside, you know that there's lots of wind going on, pop a scarf around your neck and it's as simple as that. So just little things that you would apply. So that would be from that physical aspect. If you look at mental and emotional, we'd start to look at boundaries that we have with people. our relationships things like that so it's a really Mm. time for that inner reflection
0: that's definitely been showing up so now it's all piecing together quite beautifully
1: between a teenage
0: daughter who's really pushing the boundaries right now Mm
1: -hmm. and an
0: ex who I've had to speak up and really declare my boundaries time and time again because they keep getting pushed and it's like okay
1: That's beautiful. As much as it might be challenging. So that happening around you, again, an invitation, an opportunity to transcend something, to change it, to shift it, and to put that boundary where you feel it's it's good and healthy for you. And if you have those boundaries where it's good and healthy for you, you'll also find that your physical health will improve. And you'll probably find too that that chest heaviness that you've been experiencing or that shallow breathing, that you'll find that that will also naturally change as well. So it looks like there's a bit of an invitation there to continue. There is.
0: Because it can be such a struggle, like especially with your kids, you know. Like one minute I'm thinking, right, I need to really honour my fucking boundaries here because she is testing every one of them. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, I look at her and I see the little girl inside that's crying out to be loved. And it's like,
1: oh, I feel so torn. That is a tough one. That's a real tough one. And I guess, you know, look at the dynamic of mother to child or mother to daughter, you know, as much as that umbilical cord is cut, it's still there energetically. And it's just over time that that umbilical cord lengthens. And that space between lengthens and that gap gets bigger that you can then become two individuals rather than, you know, you being the caregiver. So that, you know, I will say that that's definitely a hard one, but also know that the more that you work with your own and really set that as an example, that you actually set that out as a mirror reflection to them. And it's almost teaching and guiding them the way of healthy boundaries, what's accepted, what's not, all of that sort of stuff. So it actually you know, basically you'd be teaching them that at a very young age.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She has said time and time again, mum's weak. She lets people walk all over her. I need dad to make this phone call. Like she's very forthright.
1: Amazing. But but also that they see that if they can actually see that and watch that dynamic playing out, that's really, really interesting.
0: It yeah. is. And it's what I've shown her over the years. You know, it's it's not her fault. She's just an observer and she speaks her truth and um she might be teaching you something there too oh, she was always teaching me something every fucking time it just you know it's locking heads but one thing is that when she says this she she doesn't honor those boundaries either she does what she's seen everyone else do and so trying to teach her at 17 that no this is not acceptable for me anymore i've left those other situations this is where it stops and so there's resistance there from her because it's not what she's used to either. So I'm fully aware of what's going on, Yeah, but it's, um, so it's
1: just going to, it sounds like it's just going to be a continual process. Yeah. The more you do and the more you step in, in a certain direction, she'll see the changes within you. Those comments will probably start to change or she might try it on for size, but then you'll, you'll stand up and do something else that'll show her a different way of being. And that I think that by you doing that, that's also going to help her heal and transcend and it's interesting that you even brought up before about when you were drinking the cacao and you had that experience and you were in that deep sobbing and you even said releasing some ancestral stuff so you know that's also fueling through her as well yeah so you know, the more that you work on you and the more that she sees that and the more that she works on herself you know that unraveling and that letting go process is happening and and definitely those definitions of boundaries I am who I am, they are who they are. And a particular pattern or a behavior or way of being doesn't necessarily have to continue if for if sure and it, seeing that it's not something that's serving anybody. So
0: and it we get in our own way, I guess, because part of us is going, okay, I've got these boundaries like I was saying before. And the other part is going, Yeah, but how do I express them with unconditional love? Because sometimes when your boundaries haven't been honored or you haven't allowed your boundaries to be honored. When you decide to, it's like that stuff in the ground and it's like, right, rah, don't mess with me anymore. And that's a lot of resistance for people that aren't used to that. Yeah. And it can come across as um Harsh. not very loving. <laughs>
1: I've got a, I've just, I've actually got a perfect example flowing through my mind at the moment, an experience I had with a client and it was, it's actually one of the the clients that are joining me on the three month mentorship through autumn. So I had a one-on-one with her and part of that was her expressing that as well, that sometimes maybe her boundaries are too strong. Right. So looking at from one aspect and to the other. So some people have zero boundaries and therefore can be walked over. And then there are other people that can have that, as you said, staff in the ground, very forthright, very abrupt energy. And we kind of need to meet that somewhere in between. So I basically took her on a journey. Instead of the staff in the ground, I used a sword because a sword represented metal. And I don't know who you know about the tarot, um, the magician card, you know, as above, so below. So what we're, what we're connecting to above is what we're trying to bring in. So some people can have a lot of those swords around them in a very harsh way that their boundaries are so strong, but it's coming from a lack within them or a space within them that is saying, I have to protect myself. Or I'm not going to let anyone in because I don't want to get hurt. So you can see the energy behind that.
0: Yeah, it's not a self-honoring. It's not a a
1: self-honoring and it's not actually coming from a self-honoring, self-love, self-respect and from that place of empowerment, right? It's coming from a reaction rather than a being. So I took her through a process and got her to conjure up and see what that looked like around her and, you know, because one of the other tarot cards that came out for her was she was surrounded in the swords. So basically just took her through a mindfulness process of still allowing those to be in place, so still representing that she can define her space, she can protect her energy if and when needed. But instead of those swords being placed so abruptly in the earth, we just placed them on the earth in a circle. So I got her to soften that energy so that she still had that surrounding her and the shift and the transition from that was just amazing. Just through a simple process of visualising that in her mind's eye And allowing it to soften, but still feeling protected. And, you know, that in itself can just be that start point to begin to make a change and a transition. So, in your case, Sally, it doesn't mean you have to put those swords in and be like, right, you know, I I didn't have boundaries. Now I do. Now that's it. Look out, everyone. (laughs) Look out, everyone. Um, That's it. But, you know, maybe in your mind, there could be something or a process that you'd start where you draw a circle around you with that sword or you place them gently on the ground. And that that's just a gentle reminder to bring yourself to that awareness that when you feel your boundaries are being tested or are being crossed, sit with yourself first, sit in the heart space and ask yourself, how can I deliver this boundary in a loving and respectful way?
0: Oh, beautiful advice, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you'll find that the energy is quite different to going, right, that's it, I've, I don't have any boundaries, that's it, to I'm aware that I have An issue with boundaries here? And how can I bring that into my life without making such a huge, dramatic, and drastic change, but still strong enough to make a stand and to make a shift into a direction that I now want this energy to head? So it's just about turning that dial, even ever so slightly. Because, you know, usually where we make such a dramatic change, we tend to get a throwback from other people anyway. What's wrong with you? You've changed. You're you so know, grumpy. Yes, right? So so you tend to get that negative connotation with it, whereas if you're actually doing things transitionally and really gently and with intention and with purpose and obviously with that saying, you know, I want to come from the heart, you'll find that it, it'll have a very different energy and that, you know, what you're then sending out will probably be received in a very different way.
0: Yeah, so much so. Oh, it's so fascinating. And it's interesting how just through a conversation, which is why I love these conversations so much, just things start to unravel for me and fall into place as well. And so I'm hoping that does for anyone else that might be listening too. But what else happens in autumn for us?
1: Okay, so we've touched base on the meridians, the change, so making sure that we're looking after our immune system, looking at our boundaries, mental and emotional aspects, So I guess it would be having that body awareness. So sensing if there's any change within your body, sensing if there's that change within the breathing, sensing if there's that change within the digestion, if you're finding that you can't move your bowels properly to look at those aspects, but also looking at your sleep. So I think sleep is a good one to pay attention to because we are constantly running on that meridian body clock. So every two hours, there's a particular organ and meridian that is most active. It doesn't mean that one's active, the rest stop. It just means that one, it's like it's time to shine, right? So usually we would look at sleep. And if you're waking between say 3 and 5 a.m., that that could be an indication that you might be working through some emotions or might be working through some grief or that your lung might need to have a little bit more TLC. So I guess it's a good thing. One good thing about it though, is that from three to five, most people are usually still asleep. So they're naturally in that all they're doing is breathing, really, because they're sleeping. So, so there's that process that's happening. But also then when we wake up and it's, say, from 5 to 7, that's when the, the large intestine is like, hey, I'm on now. So how could you nurture yourself? How could you nurture your body in that way? So one thing would be just to start the morning with a nice warm drink, like a warm water with lemon or something like that, is just to kind of say to the large intestine, hello. Would you like to move? We say warmth because warmth is helpful for that. Whereas if we say, get up and have a cold juice, what happens is that everything kind of constricts on the inside from the cold. So the warmth actually acts as a stimulant for the large intestine. So it's always good to try and have a bowel movement in the morning between five to seven to encourage that letting go process. So, that when we go about our day, what we encounter, we can bring in all of that new energy, all the things that we want to bring into our day. Then, at the end of the day, what have I absorbed today that I didn't want to absorb? And what can I let go of? You know, it might be an incident at work, it might be a run in you've had with someone or a family member, and just taking yourself through a process to actually let that go. But I would definitely say, you know, paying attention to your sleep would also be good. In particular, if you're waking up around that time every morning. And Consistently.
0: Going, hmm. Yeah. I yeah. thought of you this morning when I woke up at 1.30 and went, oh crap,
1: I'm talking to you today. That's still liver. Yeah. So that's also the end of that cycle. And then we start through the lungs where it.
0: I was, yeah, I was awake right through till about 3.30.
1: That's right. So once you start to shift into the lung, the lung probably went, oh, okay, I can't deal. I'm tired. I'm going to go back to sleep for a bit. Yeah. So, you know, the Meridian Body Clock is a phenomenal tool because it tells us a lot about what is going on in the inside, even if we are not aware of what's going on in the inside at that point in time. So as a practitioner, I'd look for those sorts of things and ask those questions to give a little bit of insight to kind of get a bit of a gist on what, what might be happening and what needs some TLC at that point in time.
0: Yeah, I love that you touched on what happens at work and letting that go too because so many people I know are in jobs that are stressful, mm-hmm. they're fast-paced or just incredibly stressful environments and they come home and a lot of them don't really take the time because then they come home and there's dinner, some have kids, some don't, and it's just
1: it's go, go, go.
0: Either reach for a glass of wine or a beer or something like that. It's never really dealt with or released properly. And I love that you mentioned that because as much as we all hear it, yeah, yeah, be mindful, let you go. We just forget.
1: Absolutely. And look, you know, I forget too sometimes, and it's not until then we start to find those symptoms. Like I shared with you before, I can actually sense a heaviness on my chest. So the inquiry there would be, what is this? What can I do about it? How can I move through all of that stuff? But it is, it's about making the time making yourself a priority, all of those sorts of things. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about the work situation because, again, it's all boundaries. And even energetically, we bring home so much energy with us. Wherever we go throughout the day, we are immersing ourselves in that energy and bet your bottom dollar that you're picking up on some particular energy or foreign energy that you then bring home with you. We all do it. So I think it's a really helpful process to know that. And, you know, one of the processes I take some of my clients through is in any time of meditation class, the first thing I do is take your awareness to yourself, take your awareness to your breathing. First thing is release any energy that's not yours. Everywhere you've been today, people, places, events, all of these things, just letting all of that energy go now and then take them through a process of And now call all of your energy and consciousness back. Because, you know, it's also that thing about giving and receiving. And this is where boundaries comes in again. Giving and receiving. Some people just give, give, give and don't receive. So there's a boundary issue. And then vice versa. Some people just want, want, want. And so there's that dynamic that plays out. But wherever we go or whoever we speak with or have a conversation with or even just sitting in their presence, there's an exchange of energy. And quite often we're giving parts of ourself during that time. You know, it might be a word of advice, it might be a hug, it might be an exchange of, yes, I hear you, I went through the same things. You know, and then when we leave there, parts of our parts of our psyche or parts of our energy is still there. So by calling our energy back, that's also a really great process. So sending anything that you've picked up from the day that's not yours, then calling all of your energy and consciousness back to yourself. That right there is centering, that right there is defining that boundary, right? So you're not getting any, I like to call it like uh, like leaded fuel in an unleaded car, so energy that's not yours and running through you. You know, we want to get rid of that stuff. We don't want to carry that around. It's not ours. Send it yeah. back to wherever it come from. And
0: it doesn't have to be an hour's meditation either. Like time and space reality is just non-existent. We can actually do this in a split second if we really Absolutely want to. Absolutely
1: can. You know, and and even for those that don't do it as a process or a practice every day, all it takes is literally, and I would advise somebody to close their eyes whilst they're doing it, especially while they're learning, just so they've got that, you know, their intentions a bit stronger, but quite literally within five seconds it can be done.
0: Yeah. I personally like to sit with it for much longer because I find it really nourishing and just to take that time out to myself, but it can be done super fast too.
1: It really can. So yeah, this thing of, I don't have the time or I don't have this again, that's a boundary issue. Create the time, make yourself a priority as well. Where can you prioritize? How could you change it that you do give yourself some time? That's some respect. That's a boundary. That's making sure that you are just as important as every other thing that you're doing or every other person that you're seeing or every other person that you're sharing yourself with. You know, you have to be factored into that equation. So, if you know, if I hear that thing, I don't have the time, I don't have the time, first thing is, well, can you make the time? Or where do you think you could create some space for time for yourself?
0: Isn't that such a funny thing, though? Like, It's fucking crazy to me that someone would say they don't have 10 minutes to gift themselves on a daily basis or even an hour. I like to take an hour. I I don't understand it. Like this life we're in is so fucking limited really in the whole big picture of things Uh and we'd rather be stressed and be on social media. Well, I'm a bit addicted to social media, but we'd rather be stressed and in that state and not give ourselves even 10 little minutes a day which makes all the freaking difference. My life completely changed when I started giving myself a bit of nurturing. You know, the self-love they say is the key and it kind of is.
1: It is. It really, really is. Like I know for me that I don't function very well if I don't have time to myself. And that for me took a little time to accept because you don't want to hurt other people or you don't want to let them down. But I'm like, hey, this is actually about me and that's what I feel like I need in order to stay balanced, centred and to be the better version of myself so that when I am in your company, you actually enjoy it rather than seeing stressed out Renee or the Renee that's overwhelmed and, you know, sent in sensory overload, you know. So, again, boundaries and then going, well, that's what I need for myself and then making it happen. But I guess, you know, the thing there is, Sally, is that when people have like you said, you know, they might know that something's going on, but they don't want to look at it. So they know that even if they give themselves that 10 minutes or that hour, they know that she's going to come up. They know that she going to the fan. So they still could be in that process. And a lot of the time it is because even like you said, social media. So that's one of the things that I'll say to people, if you don't have time, like, do you sit on Facebook or Instagram? Oh yeah. Well, do you think you could take 10 minutes out of that? It's like, shit. And, you know, a lot of people will mindlessly scroll. I do too. And sometimes that's a way to switch off. Like you're kind of like in another reality that's not even really there and you're just kind of like doing this thing. But even that, it's it's a way to kind of tap out for a bit. But, you know, we could learn to tap out in so many more nourishing ways. That's or do that.
0: both, you know. I love social media, but I also love time to myself. And yeah. so it's giving yourself... You know, really, it can be as simple as writing a list of at least 10 things that you fucking love to do. And if social media is one of them, put it on the goddamn list and just at least tick off two things from that list every day. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. You can mix it up. Like I love to dance in the morning and put some tunes on and it just gets me in in a happy mood to start my day. Mm -hmm. I also love breath work. I also love to journal. There's so many different things we can do. And it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be, oh, fuck, I really don't feel like doing this today because I'm in the habit of doing it every day. It's like, oh, what else do I love to do? I'll do that instead.
1: And I'm really glad that you pointed that out because I would actually say to that, don't do it then we don't want it to become another thing that is a have to do or that's a chore. We've already got our plates full. All of us have got so much on and we're on this really really fast pace go 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 go. So one thing you don't want is for your self-love and care practice to just be another chore. So if your heart's not in it while you're doing it, what's the point?
0: Yeah, don't bother. Right?
1: Don't bother. Ask yourself what do I need right now then? And it might be something really random. It might be like go to the movies by yourself. Perfect. Go to the movies by yourself. Or it might be I need to go for a run. You might go run. I'm not even a runner, but I feel like that's what my body needs. So I guess the key for that too is to listen and to go with what you really feel, like mix it up a little bit because all of these things all hold a different energy and resonance and they all bring something to you. But if it's not really bringing something to you, then don't bother. You know, you've got to find your thing then. So as you mentioned, write it down on the list what are the things you like. So you know, some people don't like to sit there and meditate. That's fine. But they really might like a Tai Chi class or Qigong or some sort of martial arts that might help them to get it out. Walking meditation. Walking meditation. Yeah. It's anything that you, there are different trying. ways
0: to meditate. And I had no idea.
1: Yeah. So many different ways.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I climb a tree
1: instance. there yeah. are just so
0: many different ways to do it.
1: And that in itself can conjure up so much. You know, it might be that you're trying to get in touch with your inner child or an aspect of you that was more fun, outgoing, adventurous, da, 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 that could be drawing you in to reconnect with that energy and bring that back into your life. So there's always something, there's always an energy and a resonance there.
0: So I have a question then, because it relates okay. to this and something that we were talking about at the beginning, because I guess you've heard of Mel Robbins and the three second rule, you know, like I think I st- when I first started personal development that came out, she's quite famous yep. and it's like, you know, if you don't want to get out of bed and exercise in the morning or do what you normally would do, it's like the three, I think it's the three, it could be the five second rule. Anyway, you count from five to one and like before you're at one, you have to be out of bed and doing the thing. and um, And it's a way to get you motivated when you don't feel like motivating. So where do you know... Like, how do you figure out the freaking difference between, do you know what, I just need to lie in and nurture myself today before that becomes a habit of five years later, you're lying in and nurturing yourself and, you know, pretending you're nurturing yourself, but then you're not nurturing your body by getting the exercise or the meditation or the breath work or what you need to be doing for your body as well. Like, where's that line?
1: Good question. I think the line could be different for different people. And I know that's kind of a Really broad answer, but I would say so you know you mentioned I feel like I need to stay in bed today, and that could end up becoming a really long and lengthy process. Well, that in itself we know is not going to be healthy, right? So I would say at times when you feel that and it's definitely out of character for you, I would say go for it because obviously it's a calling. If you find that you're doing that and you're it's becoming a bit of a habit, and you know that other things are being put to the side or not not being expressed or not getting done or not ticking off the list, then you know that there's an issue there. So I know that's not like a, you know, an easy black and white answer, but I would say as long as you are still functioning and nurturing other aspects of yourself. So as you said, physical well-being. So are you still eating well? Are you still exercising? Are you still tending to your mind and your emotions? And then if you feel that your body needs the rest, then you can do that because you you've got your energy already in those other aspects that bring together that whole. So I I would say to always try and look at whether you're meeting the needs of your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being.
0: Yeah. Cause when you were talking about autumn, you know, the it's staying darker longer and you might need to sleep in that bit longer I'm thinking oh you know that could be just an excuse to people complain they put on weight over winter and they don't get up and exercise and stuff like that so like where do you learn to listen and and just go oh god no it's just winter I'm allowed to lay in and eat crap and get fat you know that sort of stuff I'm exaggerating but
1: yeah, no, no, I hear what you're saying. Um, and you know, I have seen people do that and use it as an excuse as well. So I, I get what you're saying. I have seen that. So I would say again, making that checklist, you know, if you are doing that, making sure that you're still tending to everything else, that you're fully functioning and that you're not actually spiraling into something. So autumn, as I said, starting to go into that yin. As we move then deeper into winter, we go more into that yin. So it's the deepest, deepest yin. And so I'm sure you've probably heard and most people have heard of like the winter blues and that sort of depression. So I would say that that can come about through all of that, through that introspective process. And then they've hit that spot and then they've stayed in it and they've stayed in it for too long. So I guess also there's one thing to sort of go, I'm lying in bed because I feel like I really need it, but then I'm lying in bed and I just can't do anything else. I just, you know, like shutting off from the world, I would say that there's an issue. There's an issue if you're wanting to shut everything else off. If you're giving yourself uh, another extra hour in bed because you can, then I'd say go for it. But then as long as you're getting up and going, right, what can I make myself? How can I nourish myself in this way? So, yeah, make sure that there's a mix of that medicine that you're bringing on and not just focusing on the, the deep sleep and the deep yin and just, you know, neglecting everything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause it can be an easy trap to fall into for sure. Easy.
1: easy. And you know, I, I know for me that that's probably one of my weaker areas that like today it was colder. It was darker this morning. I wanted to stay and it's like, I've got a busy day. You know, the mind can go to "Gee, I could stay in bed all day. It's, it is that thing. It can be enticing, but I know that that wouldn't be a good thing because everything else would get neglected. Right. So it's going, okay. I know that Autumn is here, yin is being activated, I'm going to nourish that. When can I nourish that? How can I nourish that? So making little sections for it, but that, you know, life still goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfect sense. Yeah. So um, a couple of my friends who are fortunate enough to have six and seven-figure businesses, they put aside a goddess day a week, what they call Mm -hmm. a goddess day, Mm -hmm. and whatever the fuck they feel like doing on that goddess day, they will, whether it's going to the movies, whether it's going to a spa for the day, whether it's having a bath and just doing their nails or just whatever takes their fancy, that's what they will do on goddess day. And we don't all have the luxury for that, but even taking an hour or two a week to have that, you know, call it goddess hour, call it, if you're a man, call it something else, but really just mindfully taking that time to do something that brings you joy, however the fuck it looks in that moment, I think is the key.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to say the same thing too, you know, maybe some people's situation, they might, they may not be able to give that whole day and that's okay. I don't think it's about how much time you're giving. It's just the fact that you give it time. So whatever your schedule looks like, whatever your responsibilities look like, but where can you create space in there for that? So it might be half an hour on one day. It might be an hour on another. Or it might be a half a day on one day, or it might be even if you are a mom and have kids and this and that on the Sunday, right, for three hours in the morning, someone else can look after them while I go do X, Y, Z. And I guess, you know, you've got to have people on board and have that um, negotiation and, and setting up something that you can create for yourself. But it's one thing and I see people set it. And then it's another thing to hold it, commit to it, and actually do it. Because quite often, you know, if I'm helping clients out with this, and they go, "Yeah, yeah," and I'm like, "How's your, you know, your Monday going? Like your day, your you day, or whatever?" Oh, good, yeah. But I had to take mum to blah blah blah, and I had to do. So you can see that slowly things come in and creep in on that. And I would look at that and say, "There's a boundary issue." Yeah. So again, so it's it's one thing to set it, and then it's another thing to honor it and to actually do it so that would also be another thing just to be mindful of
0: oh my gosh yeah that came up for me in the last few weeks is Mm. outside experiences were always interrupting my plans and things it's uh, actually the words I wrote down Mm. with things out of my control
1: ah yeah right very interesting (laughs) Yeah, I think journaling is very good for you because you get a lot of self reflection through there. You get to see a lot of what's going on.
0: I do. (laughs) And And it's stuff like, you know, mum and dad needed something. So I had to drop what I was doing and go out and help them. Or, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, they'll ring and say, oh, we're doing sheep work today. Can you come and help us? Well, of course I can, you know, but it's like.
1: So with that, I would say life is life. There's always going to be something that might pop up unsuspectedly and something that might really require your energy and your attention. And sometimes you just have to put it aside, right? um because it's more important but then there are other things that i would say you know if it is something like oh can you come and help with this oh can i do it tuesday instead i'm quite busy today you don't have to tell them what you're busy for because and people tend to feel guilty so then they tend to say oh, it's my day and then they think gee i'm selfish and then they go into this yes. whole spiral of something whereas if you actually say i'm really busy today can we do it blah 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 so really you're not actually saying no i can't help you you're just saying you're negotiating and you're saying, can we do it this day? And they might go, yeah, no problem. And then it's like... Whereas if you go into the whole story of I can't because it's my me time, I'm now going to look selfish. Now I feel really guilty. And I've said, no, I'm just a horrible person. And then what was the point of that? And how did you nourish yourself on that day? You've just beaten yourself up. Like that's just, that doesn't count. That day does not count anymore. So that was one of the
0: things I found the most freeing and fucking liberating a few years ago Yep, with someone told me that I can stop it. No. Because, you know, I used to be known at school for being the excuse girl. If someone needed an excuse for something, they'd come to me and I'd like conjure up some the storyteller, right? I would conjure up some beautiful excuse that worked every time. Yeah. But it meant that throughout my life, if I had to say no to something, I was often making shit up making up excuses to cover up why I really wanted to do what I wanted to do it's like oh well no I can't because and I'd make something up and so then I set this rule for myself like fuck me I'm actually lying I that's not the sort of person I want to be mm-hmm. and so then I would start saying well no I can't because blah 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 and I'd go why do I even have to give a reason it was Absolutely. a beautiful mentor that told me that
1: yep and said, Just yeah, stop it, no. powerful, powerful message and I'm totally on board with that and One of my mentors has definitely been very helpful to me in terms of boundaries. And even where I never thought that boundaries was an issue for me, it was definitely pointed out that I had them. So I was like, wow. So I've learned a lot around that. But yeah, no, it's just like, oh, no, I can't. But I'd love to
0: help, but I can this day. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. So your energy is not saying, no, I'm not there for you. And no, I can't help you. Yes, I can. I can do it then. And then let them meet you there. That you're setting a healthy boundary. That's up to them whether they take that on or not. Or well, then they can maybe seek that from somebody else on that particular day. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, those boundaries are all about how much do you love, care and respect for yourself? That's basically what it is. Yeah. So if you're going to give that away to people, places and events all the time, what does that say about you that you don't love, that you don't respect yourself, all of that sort of stuff? Yeah. So, Yeah, Boundaries is a really, really important lesson and an important medicine. And I think, and I'm not saying I've got all of mine there, but I've definitely improved. And I can say, I can hold my energy longer. I can sustain it. And I just feel less stressed and less enmeshed with drama, really. Just, yeah, I just feel lighter because of it. So Yeah, I'm going to definitely advocate for (laughs) working on boundaries and, you know, utilising the medicine of the elements to help with that, even just as an analogy to see it in your mind and conjure that that up as a guided visualisation, writing it out if you have to, any way that you can, just as a gentle reminder. You you can even put a picture on your fridge. You can put a picture on your fridge of the magician with as above, so below. You can put something there that just reminds you, oh, yeah, I'm going to honour that. And why? because I honour myself, because I love myself and I respect myself. And you lead by example, like you were talking about your kids before. You do that. You're, You're showing them and you're teaching them so much. Such an invaluable lesson because the hard part is reclaiming it once you don't have it there. The hard part is getting it back. Once it's actually there and you get comfortable with putting it there, it's actually really quite easy. You don't, you don't have the guilt attached to it anymore. You don't have the, oh, am I selfish attached to it anymore. It just is because I love myself and I respect myself enough to say no.
0: Yeah. And I think to end on that too, it gets fucking messy. You're not going to be perfect at setting boundaries if you've had none for most of your life. Nope and you're not going to be perfect at suddenly letting those walls down if you've mm-hmm. had them up all your life it's yep. going to get messy it's going yep. to feel shit sometimes yep. you're going to probably get it wrong sometimes but there is no wrong
1: all those lessons isn't it? like yeah. everything
0: is a gift that's what i've started to see life as it doesn't yep. matter what it is if i fuck up or if i do well it's all a gift and it's all a mirror and it's all something i can grow through
1: absolutely yeah. I totally, totally so go agree. Go easy on
0: yourself. That's that's my big message that I just embody now. Just go easy on yourself. You know, life doesn't have to be that fucking serious.
1: Definitely. Definitely. That's why, um, you know, my business name is more just my name now, but originally it was piece by piece, holistic healing. And it was spelt pieces in like peace, love and juju beads. And then by pieces in pieces of a puzzle. And you can't just go from if we look at a pie chart, you can't just go from having it empty or parts missing to just instantaneously being full. It is a process. It's a journey. It's a reclaiming process little bit by little bit. And if anything, I would encourage it that way more than it just instantaneously being there because- yeah, it's about those bits in between those learnings, those lessons, those teachings that you find, and they become like little parts of gold. So those little pieces of that puzzle that you get, you're like, I treasure that so much. Now that's the non-negotiable. Like I hold that so dear to my heart, to my spirit, to my being. I can't let that go for anyone. And you know what? I'm going to hold on to that. And the more I hold on to that, I show you a different way anyway. So yeah, peace, bringing it all together. It's just yeah. about the journey.
0: One thing that I did is that little internal shift when when I thought things were outside of my control. Even when I wasn't a single mum, my partner wasn't around much or was working a lot or, you know, crazy hours and things. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got no time to myself. So I just shifted one thing instead of just saying I had no control over it. I started to go to bed earlier because I'm not very productive at night. All I'd be doing is sitting around watching telly and I don't really like telly anyway unless it's, you know, a documentary or something like that. So I started going to bed earlier and because I was in radio, I was getting up at 2.30 in the morning anyway. So I shifted it and I started getting up at 4 and part of me is going, oh, that's the hour for writers and creatives anyway, 3 and 4. So I nearly got up this morning at 3 going, oh, I'm still awake, I might just get up because I love that hour of the day. I'm so creative. Yeah, so I just shifted it. I'd go to bed early and I'd wake up early and I found I would have one to two hours to myself, all to Mm -hmm. myself in the morning before anyone else in the house got up. And it's like, wow, I can do breath work. I can journal and what a wonderful way to start my day. And really the nighttime didn't bother me so much. And especially now, like I don't have a partner and who cares if I go to bed at 8.30 at night.
1: Hey, I go to bed at 8.30 at nine. I have a partner. Who cares? Sleep to me is, it's an amazing healing tool. Good quality sleep. We're turning over ourselves. We're processing, you know, and if we have a good quality sleep, we wake up, we feel more refreshed. We feel better and we can have a more productive day. So, you know, and not go about our day dragging our ass along the ground. Yeah. There's always a way. And yeah, I think finding what works for you definitely, because for some people that probably wouldn't work, and some people are more creative at night. Yes. So then you'd say, okay, use that window at night. You know, so you you just play with it to however you feel the energy is working for you. And some people are really creative at that time in the morning. And I'd say if, if you're waking up randomly at all hours of the morning and you're waking up with a massive surge of inspiration and creativity, then go with it. Don't go, oh, is my lung meridian out? Like go with <laughs> yeah. that, right? Because sometimes, you know, we receive a lot energetically during our sleep. You know, we're in that in-between state. So, you know, those things that we call downloads, that that's obviously happening during that time. So I'd say go with that it's as long as you, it's not happening every night and that time and space is being unproductive and that you just then feel really exhausted throughout the day. You know, there's a big difference there. So yeah.
0: Oh, I've loved this conversation so much. Yeah, me Thank too. you for coming back. And we're going to chat again coming up to winter.
1: I would love for that. the
0: Southern Hemisphere anyway.
1: That's right. Love to. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be ever so grateful and it would really help a girl out if you'd share the love. Subscribe, rate and review so others can find us too. Much love.